and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from the lead pastor, Jamie Miller. How's everybody doing? Anybody having a good time just being with brothers and sisters, worshiping? Thankful. Um, you know, even as we were singing that song, your mercies are new. Uh, I forget how the, how does the line go? Your, for your mercies that are new. I just was thinking, you know, however many times, is anybody just like, you wake up in the morning sometimes and you connect with God and you go, wow, God, your mercy really is new for me right now this morning. And I just had a sense that as we were singing that song, that it wasn't just for this morning. It's like for a season, uh, for new mercies breaking in for the next season. So let's, let's walk in that. Well, we are, this is a grand opening celebration, and we are just thankful to the grace of, for the grace of God flowing to us. We talk about the cycle of grace, and God's grace flows to us. And then we express that in generosity to others, sharing gifts with others, and that leads ultimately to more praise and thanksgiving to God. The cycle of the graces, charis, charisma, eucharista are the, the, the underlying words there. Well, we are starting uh, last week a, a new series called Disciples at Antioch 1357. And the idea was just to keep it simple enough so that we could remember what the one was. Last week we talked about, anybody remember? Vision. So one vision, like three people remembered. It's really effective, right? (laughs) So one, three, five, seven. Can we just do that together? One, three, five, seven. Okay, so this week the three is lifestyle. We're going to talk about lifestyle. Next week, the five circles of church. And then on that final week, the seven marks of a disciple. There's only seven. We're going to narrow it down to seven. There's, there's probably 70. But uh, anyway, just so last week we talked about vision and just our shared vision with the church in the city and the church in the world, our shared vision with the Antioch movement. We've got some guys here representing Antioch Dallas this morning. Amen. Some leaders. Just thankful for our, our, our sister church there in Dallas. And... Um, so our, our shared vision with the movement, but also our shared vision just right here in this house, Antioch, Fort Worth, to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples, new life groups, new congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. That's our vision statement. And we, we shorten it up sometimes with that Milga Merck McFlorhessic thing. Um, that's not speaking in tongues. That is a, what do you call it? When you, an acronym. That is an acronym for multi-ethnic, epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, Father's love-receiving, Holy Spirit-empowered church. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. That's who we are. And so today we're talking about lifestyle. And the main thing is that God is calling us to a ministry lifestyle of encounter, disciple, and mission. There it is. God is calling us to a ministry lifestyle. And so this is kind of what it looks like. This is our lifestyle. This is what we do as as disciples at Antioch. Last week, we talked about the why, the big picture stuff. But this is more like on the ground what we do. Encounters with God, discipleship, mission, living on mission. That's, That's really who we are. So flash that first graphic up. 
At the center of all of this is what we talked about last week, our vision, the Christ in the church part, to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church. And swirling around that is what we do, encounter, disciple, mission. It's always kind of going on. It's who we are personally in our personal lives, but also in our life groups, in our families, in the church life as a whole, encounters with God. And so I want to even just personalize this a little more and talk about the Antioch lifestyle, that it would be us. Go ahead and hit that one. That The Antioch lifestyle is that overlap of sharing and multiplying the life of Christ in the church through encounters and through discipleship and through mission. It's what we do. You know, I'm thankful that this is our grand opening Sunday, you know, and I want to frame, um, have I, have I danced or something? I'm out of breath a little bit. I, I just excited, I guess. I did have, I did make a second cup of coffee. That's a no, no sometimes. If you see me grab this, then I've, I've probably had too much, but, um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful, and I want to set just moving in here in terms of just the story. I mean, there's a story that's been going on. We, we didn't just hop on a, just start from scratch. We hopped on a moving train, and we're joining in with what generations before us have been walking this life out as disciples. And then, and then we have our own piece to contribute to that. But when we started all those years ago, we dreamed about being the church like we read about in the Bible, in the book of Acts, we dreamed about worship like that. We dreamed about that kind of life and that kind of spirit, that kind of uh, vitality, and that we would be marked by life and by grace and by worship and by prayer. We dreamed about a church that loved to worship and that treasured Jesus Christ as Lord and King in our very life. Those are just those were dreams in our hearts that we got to live out slowly, you know, day by day, month by month. Year by year, we dreamed about being a church that loved to spend time with God every single morning, that we were engaging our hearts with the living God. And what happens when we do that is that our lives are changed. We keep a short leash on us between us and God. We don't just get off in a ditch somewhere, but we wake up morning by morning and say, Jesus, and he aligns us. He, like, he helps us to repent and get, keep walking with him day by day. We dreamed about listening to the Lord, finding out what Jesus wanted us to do, and then doing it, which, by the way, that's, that's the best life, right? You know, I mean, we say it to our kids, our daughters. Uh, can I say how old you are? Uh, so, so she's 30, and uh, <laughs> like, not old enough to care yet. <clears throat> and uh, there will be a time you say, no, <laughs> no, no, just go with what you said a few years ago. Um, so, but we would say, put her to bed and say, Always follow Jesus and do what he says. And then we would say it together. No matter what. Get the smile out of those kids like absolute obedience to Jesus, right? Amen. We dreamed about that stuff, you know, and it's just been a joy. We dreamed about being disciples of Jesus Christ. We dreamed about living in the mission of God and participating with what God was doing and in fellowship with him. We dreamed about the privilege of seeing lives changed and transformed just turned upside down and living for God. We are not the same. Get a good look at me. I do not look the same like I used to look. And I'm not just talking about these bags under my eyes. I'm talking about the Jesus that's inside of me. I'm not the same. I'm not the same. And you're not going to be the same. We dreamed about that. We put language on that. Even all, we wanted to live for the glory of God. And on this grand opening Sunday, it's, 
it really is another chapter for us. We're not done. You know, we're, we're not at the finish line. Micah and I have joked about being at the finish line, and they didn't wheel us in on wheelbarrows. <laughs> it's, it was this, I, I don't know how much of this story to go into, but we're just, we knew it was going to be hard. And, and I, but I told Micah, I said, I need another picture besides they wheel us in in wheelbarrows on the first day and then roll us out onto the front row. We're going to be victorious. We're going to do it with grace. And we most, most of the time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, uh, you know, what I'm talking about here on this grand opening Sunday is living a life that's connected to the, great command, the greatest commandment of all, to love God, to love one another, to the great, the great co- commission to, to go and make disciples and walk in the authority of Jesus and to participate with him and have fellowship with him. The way it's said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, if you want to open your Bibles there. And uh, it'll be on the screens behind us as well. Matthew 28, verse 16 says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. It always just catches me off, you know, right? It just, but some doubted. Like, right there with him. And yet, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven And on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And one of the reasons, especially on like starting points or when we're starting a semester around here at Antioch, we, we always find ourselves gravitating toward these commissions. The, there's one at the end of each gospel. There's one at the beginning of Acts. These just clear statements of who are we? Where are we going? Jesus wants us to have clarity. He wants, to ha- he wants us to have clarity about his authority. He wants us to have clarity about our commission, the commands he's given us to go make disciples, baptize them, immerse them in the name of the triune God of love, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then to know, to, to teach, and then to know that the, there's, there's clarity there about his presence with us. He's promised to always be with us. Even when we feel like he's not with us, he's with us. He's holding all things together by the word of his power. You, you can't run away from him. Now, we can, in our darkened mind, think we're enemies and that he's far away from us, but he's got us. He's got us, and he wants us to wake up, even today to the power of who he is and his salvation. The, the, the problem is there's so many challenges in life, right? There really is. There's all these different challenges. And, you know, especially in the time that we're living in right now, I mean, it's the pandemic. It's our culture. It's all these different things that are coming against us. And our hope wanes. We get discouraged. We feel the pain. We feel the loss of the season that we're in, the brokenness, the trials, the troubles. And some doubted, right? Some doubted. And I I just want to encourage you that that, that even that word there about some doubting is just, it's it's a reminder for us to say, are we going to be all in? Are we going to, am I going to be all in with Jesus? You know, they worshiped him, but some held something back. And this, even this exhortation, this encouragement this morning is an opportunity to be all in, to say, yes, yes, Jesus, I want to be 
all in with you. I, I really believe that, that is, that's a word for someone here today. I can say it generally, but I want to remind you that just that's what Kim and I were praying over this yesterday. And, and she said, you know, Jamie, I, I think that's a word for somebody today. Will you be all in for Jesus? So there's all the, I could go to several more, but let's go to the one in John. This is the commission in John at the end of uh, John's gospel, John 20, verse 19, on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together and the doors were locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side and his disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Okay, so this commission here is it's got the points that we're trying to talk about today. It's our lifestyle. It's encounter. Disciple mission. It's all right there. So we can do that from all of those different commissions, but we're going to do it from this one today. So let's look at this invitation to a lifestyle, an Antioch lifestyle of number one, encountering God. It's an invitation to encounter God. So there, there they are. They're lo- the doors are locked. They're fearing. There's fear. There's trepidation. They're immobilized and they encounter Jesus and he brings peace. And then they see him, and they are overjoyed. And again, he says, speaks the peace word to them again. Peace be to you. And as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So when we encounter God, something happens in us. You know, we receive the peace of God. If that's what we need, we're going through anxious times. What we need is an encounter with God. We need encounters with God every single day and throughout the day. This is something that we as individuals need, but we also are called to help others have encounters with God. So it's like a way of living that God is calling us us into. Jesus in our midst changes everything. When we encounter Jesus, when we see Jesus, it changes us. Can I get a witness out there? Y'all feel free to amen if something's good. It helps me. It encourages me. So Jesus speaks peace to us, and then he calls them to be disciples. That's what he's been calling them out to do, to be disciples. You remember Jesus in Mark 3, Jesus preaches to the crowd, but he doesn't just stay with the crowd. He calls some, He gets away and prays, and he calls 12 people to come and be disciples with him, and that they might be with him. Part of it is just being with Jesus. We need that ongoing experience of his presence and of his love. I mean, you can go so much further in life when you know you're loved by God. But when you're questioning that, it's like, it's always like, am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? Anybody ever feel that way? But when I'm baptized in the love of God, just standing under the nonstop, never-ending Niagara of his love, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. So, so how did the Father send Jesus? As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Now, if you really think about that, that will blow your mind. How did the Father sin? In humility, in a humility that we can't even understand. For though he was rich, for your sakes, how rich was he? For your sakes, he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. That's humility. 
He's the most humble one of all. The most highly exalted comes down, assumes humanity in his own flesh so that we can be reconciled to God. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He was making things right, and so he, he sends him in humility. He sends him in love. He sends him out of the fullness of his blessing and affirmation. I mean, all that stuff at the baptism. This is my son whom I love, open heaven, and with him I'm well pleased. Holy Spirit comes down. I mean, that's pretty awesome. You know, but just again, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. I'm sending you with that love, with that blessing, with that affirmation. I'm sending you with that kind of intimacy into hard situations to make things right, to serve people, to love people. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you out of that encounter with God. You know, God is love, and love always, always, it, it, it always means communion between persons. There, you can't have love without communion between persons. And so the Father, out of the, in the fullness of the love with the Son, shares communion together, Father, Son. Son, in the fullness of love, in the communion of the Spirit. And this blows my mind, but we've been given the Spirit that the Father and the Son share in that, that communion, and we've now been called to share that with each other. And with God, we've been brought into that circle of love. It's a beautiful dance that God's called us into. And the Spirit has been given so that we can share in that. And this is the way we say this on our Antioch Movement site. Go ahead and flash that up. Encountering God. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll just read it. Um, is that we are a people who live a lifestyle of, of daily encountering God in tangible, real in a transformative way. That's, that's what we're trying to do. And so just practically, encountering God is going to be starting with spending time with God. Just every day. You guys have heard this. You've been around for a while. You know my, my number one pastoral exhortation is to get up and spend time with God. It's the most important thing I can do because it's like teaching you to fish rather than going, hey, here's a nugget. Here's something good I got this morning but teaching you guys to meet with the Lord, spend time with God. It's the most, it's, it's a revolutionary way of living life. I can remember the time when I just, it got in my spirit to actually start living that way and doing that. And, and I, I even remember when, when we stopped uh, taking a vacation, we'd go on vacations and I'd stop my quiet time, but then it would take two or three weeks after vacation to kind of get back in the flow. And so we, we just kept doing time with God, even on vacations, and that actually opened up a massive door of fellowship with our kids and intimacy and talking about the things of God, you know? So powerful. We want to spend time with God. We want to have a heart of worship. Having an encounter with God means having a heart of worship, having something real so that we can live out of that place and share joy with other people in our lives, that there's reality there, that I'm not faking it, but it's, it's, it really is. I, I really love to worship. I, I really love to worship. I'm not faking it up here on the front. Now, sometimes I have to say, come on, here we go, you know, and, and engage. But, but it's, it's, it's real, you know. And what you're, again, I don't know everybody in here. And so, I mean, there's what you may need that word that what's going on here is a reality of changed lives, it's an authentically 
impacted, impacted lives that are being changed by God. And so that, that heartfelt you know, lifting hands or kneeling or laying prostrate or shouting or dancing, all of those things are what's on the inside getting out in praise to God. So each of these things we do, they're, they're, they're things we do, but they're things we help others to do. And it's going to mark our personal lives, but it's also going to mark us as a church. What would happen if we were all doing this in our own private lives, in our family lives, in our life groups, and then we come together on a Sunday for a celebration like this? It's going to be, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to rock. And uh, if you're visiting or new, just I'm a guitarist, and so that, that's the way I kind of express myself. Sometime, and um, so when you love something or someone, or when you get saved, you're excited about that. You want to tell people. You talk. You. I don't have to talk you into talking about what you're excited about. You are going to talk about what you're excited about. And so when we get in the presence of God and start experiencing. I mean, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I mean, that's a lot, right? So when we start getting in on that and experiencing that, well, I can't be quiet. I can't be quiet about Jesus. Just, it's gonna, it's gonna come out. It's who, it's, who, it's who I am. It's who we are as his people. You talk about the most important thing in your life. And Jesus wants to be the treasure above all treasures in your life. He wants to be the thing that you're more excited about than anything else in the world. And he is the Lord. Just think how this helps us when we face challenges and trials like we've been going through. We need power. God gives power. We need wisdom when we don't know what to do and we're standing at the crossroads. Jesus is the one who gives wisdom. He's the one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's what Paul says to the Colossians. So we need wisdom. He, that's, where, that's where we plug in right there. We've blown it. We've sinned. Anybody ever done that? Several around the room. We've blown it. We've sinned. Where do we go? Run to Jesus. He said, I forgive you. He's already done it. Again, the Father planned it, Jesus executed it 2,000 years ago, and the Holy Spirit makes it real in our experience. It's like, ah, praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's the first part, is that we're, it's an invitation to a lifestyle of encountering God, of making disciples. It's the second piece. So Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So this making disciples piece is huge. Again, flash that sentence there, that next one. We make disciples because this is the example of Jesus, and it is our primary approach to ministry. That's, I mean, that's what we do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not the only thing we do, but we want to make disciples of Jesus. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to do in my life. And the call is to follow Jesus and not just believe some stuff and then be disconnected and live however I want to live in my life. Can I just say that? You know, I think sometimes we say, if Jesus would have just told us what to do, oh wait, he did. <laughs> right? He told us what to do. Follow me. Follow me. Lay down your life and you'll find your life. Take up your cross and follow me. 
every day, all the time, follow me. We, you know, sometimes the way we say it around here is that we want to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Because it kind of cuts through, I live in America and therefore I'm a Christian. The gospel of the kingdom is that you leave the kingdom that you were in, the kingdom of darkness and death, and you come into the kingdom of light and of life. And you leave the kingdom of Satan and you come into the kingdom of King Jesus who is the Lord of all. He has been declared with power through his resurrection from the dead to be the true king and Lord of the world. That's Jesus. And we want to follow him. We want to be his disciple and we want to make disciples. Come on, Lord, help us. This is the life that you've called us to and that we want to live. And it's something we do, but it's something we also help others do. That's, it's, it's got that dynamic in all of these. And then the third piece there, where it's an invitation to a lifestyle of living on mission. We step in, to flash that sentence up, we step into the mission of God. He is at work both around the world and across the street. And we have the privilege of joining him in his purposes. Around the world, across the street. Around the world, in our neighborhoods. Around the world, and in our dorm rooms. Around the world and in our schools and in our jobs, we want to live on mission with the Lord. You know, years ago, this guy named Henry Blackaby wrote a, wrote a, uh, a book called Experiencing God. It's a little workbook, and, and it's just, it's great. It, it's a great book. It has a framework on hearing God, hearing and responding to God. That's how we experience God, is we hear Him and we do what He says. So flash that diagram up, if you would. You know, and um, so real simple, you know, God's at work all around us. He's always working, and He wants a relationship with us. And so He is bringing an invitation to us, and He's speaking to us. But the thing is, if you know the story of the burning bush, Moses had to actually look and go over there to it. You know, there's lots of burning bushes going on around the world and in our lives, but you have to stop and, and go and, and say, Lord... I want to listen to you now. I actually want to listen to you. And what happens is, as the Lord speaks, it leads to a crisis of belief in our lives. Am I going to do this? Am I going to respond to the Lord? You know, some of, some of them are big ones. Some of them are less. They don't seem as big, you know, but it's a crisis of belief. Am I going to adjust my life to the Lord or not? Am I going to adjust my life to the word of the Lord or not? But as I do that, guess what? As I obey, I get to experience God. And so I want to just encourage us about listening to the Lord. You know, sometimes in high school or college or different, different sometimes different uh, traditions have a kind of a perspective about hearing God as if, as if that's not something that happens today. And I, I really want to speak to this because I want to encourage you guys, look to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is, the, is, the, uh, is humanity the way it's supposed to be lived out. Okay, and so did he listen to the Lord? I mean, that's all he did. So if you want to follow Jesus, like that, literally, that's all he did. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Like it, it's, a, it's a lifestyle of turning to you, of abiding. That's why he says, abide in me, and you're going to be fruitful in life. Abide in me, stay close to me, walk with me. And he says, my sheep, they know my voice. So this is the, if we're going to live on mission together, 
then we have to prioritize looking to Jesus and listening to him. Lord, what are you saying to me right here, right now? What are you saying about this broken part of my past? How do you want to bring healing there? What do you want to say to Aaron or to Harper or to Ben? You know, what do you want to say to Raven? You know, just, and, and sometimes the Lord will use us to bring an encouragement or something that strengthens or builds up other parts of the body of Christ. That's why we're to earnestly desire the gift of prophecy, because it strengthens, exhorts, encourages, and builds up the body of Christ. So, so just, it doesn't have to be weird, and just, it could be, not totally, not totally ruling out weird, but, but I'm just like, man... I'm, I'm talking about actually walking with Jesus, living in fellowship with the living Jesus Christ. Lord, what are you doing in this situation? And it's a fresh way to look at loving people, encouraging people, being a blessing to the world around us, praying for someone. And so we want to develop and cultivate this kind of lifestyle in every part of Antioch, Fort Worth, from the smallest kids, little guys teaching them the ways of God and you know, always follow Jesus no matter what, you know, and making like radical discipleship something they're happy about, you know, <laughs> you know but we're, we're training them up in our elementary school, in our middle school, in our high school, in our college, in our young adults. I'm going to run out of stage. <laughs> Can you imagine up here? In our young adults, in our families, in our, uh, what's, what's after families? Seniors? Is that what you said? Empty nesters, yeah, empty nesters. That's up. That's me and you, girl, right there. Hey, all that's, I'm going to just tell everybody right now, you're young and stuff, you've been married a long time, and they're like, oh, what are we going to do when the kids are gone? It's all good, man. It's all good. It's, it's a blast. I love her. I love being married to her. She's my best friend in the world. You know, and so we want to cultivate a lifestyle of living with encounters with God, with discipleship, with mission in our lives. We cultivate that in every sphere of the church. I mean, right here, uh, one of the stories I heard from a couple weeks ago was a, one of our life groups had a block party, and 17 people got, you know, came to that life group party that had not been a part of that life group before. 17 people. That's a pretty cool story, you know? So it's happening right here in the city. We want to cultivate this lifestyle because if we've got the reality here, we can go any place in the world and repeat it. And so, Allison Bird, come on up. We just had a, a couple of teams go. We had a, a base in Dubai, in the, in the UAE. And uh, Allison's one of our young adults. She's a law student at Texas A&M here in Fort Worth and was raised up here. We're so thankful for Allison. Y'all give it up for her. She's going to tell us testimony. All right. Good morning, everybody. I think I heard those Aggies out there. Hey, whoop, Gigamags. I grew up a Texas Longhorn, so that's borderline treason for me. Well, like Jamie said, my name is Allison. I grew up here at Antioch, Fort Worth, and I just recently returned from Dubai, uh, where we had a team of our college students and young adults there uh, helping people become disciples of Jesus and getting connected to house churches that are led by some of our partners in the city. And after the team left, I stayed behind. I was on my way to another country in the region with a friend from Antioch, D.C., 
But due to a little thing called the coronavirus, we were not able to get there, ended up getting offboarded from our flight. And so we had to stop and pray, God, where do we go next? And someone had messaged us that they wanted to provide for us an executive suite at a hotel in downtown Dubai. And we said, yes, Lord, we will suffer for your name at the hotel. And so we went to this hotel, like 67th floor, corner, double mirrors, double windows. And, uh, and we went to dinner that night and invited some people to sit with us. And they were Iranian business folks. And so they sit down, they saw our Bibles and asked about those. And so we led a little discovery Bible study, reading a story about Jesus and asking what it shows us about him. And one of the people, he was the CEO of the company, he said, uh, my friend in Iran is, is sick. And I've just learned that when someone mentions an injury or an illness, it can be a good invitation for God to show up. And so we called this friend on the phone, we prayed for her, and she was completely healed. And the CEO said, he said, I want to follow your God. And so every night thereafter, we had a little hotel church where we'd read the Bible and worship and pray um, and ask, who can we share this with and invite into this? Well, I'll be honest with you. While we were there, I had no plane ticket to America or to any other country. We were just there until God told us to go. And I was getting a little anxious. I had law school starting the next week. We were cutting it close. And so I felt the peace of God to buy a plane ticket back home. I'm sure my parents were very pleased. <laughs> and so on the night before the flight, I went to dinner. And to be honest, I was tired. I was overwhelmed, and I'm sure none of you have ever done this on a mission trip, but I was kind of having a bad attitude. And so I walk into dinner, I've got my backpack on, and I had my Bible in my arm because we were just, we just carried these around. People would ask about it. It was amazing, and God got to show up. So I'm walking in, and the receptionist says, Miss Allison, I'm so sad to see you go. Um, it's been really fun having you here. And on the inside, I was thinking, well, I am quite relieved to be getting on a plane tomorrow. But I was not going to say that. That's what they tell you not to say in missions training school. And so, so I turned to her, and I just held out my Bible to her. And I said, this is my holy book. She was from Sri Lanka. This is my holy book, my favorite book. And you can read it while I go into dinner. I'm going to be studying. Just take your time. And so I gave her my Bible, and I went to sit down, and someone came up to me while I was trying to get my work done, and they asked me to pray for them. So I'm about to pray for this guy when she comes, like, speed walking back up. And she's like, Allison, I've been reading your book. And at the beginning, it says, it's not good for man to be alone, but I've given him a helper. And I'm wondering, where is this going? <laughs> and she says, this is like you, because you're all alone when you travel, but God's given you your book as your helper to go with you everywhere you go. And so I point to some other scriptures that show that Jesus is always with us, and that's actually the central message of the gospel, that Jesus died so we wouldn't be separated from God anymore, but brought back close to him. And so she ended up praying and giving her life to Jesus, as did the other restaurant worker, and then a guy who watched the whole thing happen, he really encountered God too. And so to me, this is, I know you're always aware, like, who's watching? What are they going to think? It gets weird. Like Jamie said, it does sometimes get weird, but it's okay. And so to me, this story is an encouragement that um, no matter what, no matter how little we feel like we have left in us, if we'll just bring it to God, for me, it was just that I had a Bible in my hand and I could give it to her and keep going, that God showed up and God spoke to her. And these values of encounter, disciple, and mission, I really believe that if we're people who seek to encounter God daily, be his disciples and live on mission, that he'll change us and he'll also change the world around us. And so with that, uh, we'll hand it back to Jamie. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, so we can take this to the nations, literally, just what God's given us, and we can express it right here in the United States. I, I thought about having, I, I didn't call Lizzie, I was thinking about it, but um, one of uh, the, Lizzie Albright, uh, they'd gone to uh, Galveston just a couple weeks ago, and everybody was waiting on a, on a word as they went out to share, and she heard the word joy. And so Graydon shared this story a couple weeks ago, but I, I just want to share it again because it's like God, will, God moves when we're responding in faith to what we believe. He's saying, even if we hear imperfectly, we do. We, we, we don't all hear perfect, you know, but you heard the word joy. And so they're out in the street and they're walking around in Galveston and they see Joy Hair Salon. And so the question was like, was that the name of it? Joy, joy Nail Salon. Yeah, no, not hair. It's a, it's a nail story. Yeah. And so, <laughs> work with me. I'm at second hand, you know. And so, uh, joy, joy Nail Salon. And so they just kind of go in the door and looking around and, and uh, they talk with the owner and the owner says, yeah, I want you to just share the gospel right here. And so Lizzie was looking at Graydon and Graydon said, it was your word. And so, <laughs> and so Lizzie shared, man, just, uh, just, just here's the deep end and just go for it. And uh, she shared the gospel. And then the, the owner stepped up again and said, hey, would you sing Amazing Grace now? And so they got to sing and minister to whoever's just, I guess they're just enjoying whatever's happening here and getting their soul nourished as well, you know? The point, though, is that whether, whether we're here or there or out on mission or living our lives right here, like you guys, the TCU guys, you're about to step into so many opportunities for living this out, for living a lifestyle of encountering God out of the fullness of your own lives, but helping others into that encounter, of disciple, being a disciple, but helping others into that experience of being disciples, of living out on the mission of God with its TCU students, or it's in going into our schools and the teachers that are represented here, or our different jobs, we've got all these different kinds of ways that we do our jobs, or even in our homes, we've got stay-at-home parents that are living it out with their kids, or we've got stay-at-home workers who are doing their jobs out of their homes as well right now, right, in this season. So what I want to do is we do this at the kind of at the beginning of the fall semester, is just have a commissioning time here. And rather than do all the different groups that are represented, I want to just ask everyone, if you would, just stand up. And I just want to do a commissioning here, and then we'll have some ministry time, but just a commissioning for going out into your places of life, vocation, school. And so if you would just kind of put your hands like this, like you're going to catch a, a, a blessing or a beach ball, you know, but just, Father, I just, I bless my brothers and sisters, my friends that are here today on this grand opening Sunday to be commissioned to go into the different spheres of life and ministry and mission, whether that's the campus, high schools, middle schools, college, uh, the different universities that are represented here, uh, and certainly the TCU campus. We bless the commissioning that's going on. We bless the, the educators in the room. Lord, we bless... Um, just everybody that's involved in any way with city government. We bless those who are involved with different kinds of business. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to speak a special blessing of commissioning to our healthcare workers in the name of Jesus. That God's grace would be on you to speak life, 
to bring healing, to have meaning and purpose in your vocation as you go in the name of Jesus. I speak that blessing as you go to your homes, as you're raising up your kids, as you're doing business out of your homes. May it be a holy place, a set-apart place. May there be an altar there for the worship and prayer of God, to, to, to God in the name of Jesus. You know, this is how it happens that we would be living this lifestyle of encountering God, of being a disciple and living on mission. If I get the worship team to come on up, uh, you know, just as we're responding to the Lord today, uh, just a couple of things. And one is to live this lifestyle. And so we, you know, we need prayer. We need help. I need prayer. I, I need help in this, right? And so we all do. This is one of those messages where we all could take a step further. We can all grow. It's not just, uh, we want to grow deeper in this, but we also want to grow wider in this. There's a fountain flowing, and we want this. You know, um, I want to come back to that word that I said a minute ago, because we do face challenges. And the temptation for us is to doubt or to turn away or to just be passive and the Lord's calling us to engage. He's calling us, this, that question, will you be all in for Jesus, is, I just want to lay that before you. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Will you be all in? We say yes to the Lord. And I specifically, ministry team people, come on up, if you would, to pray for people. And uh, just specifically today, if if you are, if you just, you know, you haven't really started this journey with Jesus, just the reality of who he is in your life, received forgiveness, the, the finished work of what he's done for you, for all the world on the cross and in the resurrection and in his life, pouring that life out in the spirit. You can receive that today, man. You can get started in that journey today. But then there's others of us. It's that word, will I be all in? You've been kind of walking with him but will you be all in? And wherever you're at, you may need prayer for healing, just you're going through a hard time, whatever it is, the front's going to be, it'll fill up, but just get prayer. Man, don't leave here without getting prayer for something you know that needs to happen in your life. If there's something happening and a front fills up, then just turn to somebody close by, somebody you know, and say, hey, would you pray for me? And somebody will be glad to do that. We want everybody that needs ministry to get ministry today. In the name of Jesus, y'all come. Let's go for it. Will you be all in? Amen. Be bold. Press into Jesus. Press into the Lord.